it potentially puts like a nail in the coffin in terms of like the CDO and the state of the current CDO era. They could have made a two person change, but like the, the one change they did make made no sense to me. Seattle is cooked, bro. It's not, it's not going to be no first match jitters. It's not going to be no roster change period excuse. They are cooked. Hello guys and welcome back to Reverse Sweep presented by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash reverse sweep and use code reverse sweep for a first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars. This week started fairly quietly, but we've had an absolutely crazy end to the week and finishing off with the CDL matches as per usual. I'm here to discuss everything with the dynamic duo of Pat and Chris, but first of all, let's get into the Scump and Hex lawsuit versus Activision for allegedly holding a monopoly on COD Esports. So it's quite a loaded one, but uh, what's your guys' thoughts on it? Uh, For me, I guess I'm surprised that... Uh... Hex and Seth had the balls to do this. I think that's like the first thing that comes to mind, right? Um, you know, especially now Activision is owned by Microsoft. Like this is, regardless of what happens, this is still a big ordeal. Um, and, you know, again, regardless of the outcome, it's still going to kind of set precedent for, for I think, esports going forward. Um, you know, one thing for me that's um, kind of interesting is, um you know what could come out of this right like if it let's say it progresses and it gets to later stages in like discovery like what what you know getting more of the inner details about what went on during franchising in the early days um some of these behind the scene conversations um stuff like that that coming public i think is a is kind of an interesting win for everybody um but sadly i think uh, you know this is a massively massive uphill battle for Hex and Seth, and um, I think it'll get dismissed. Um, I think best outcome here is there's kind of a hush money settlement, so to speak, right? Um, but I, I doubt it. I mean, especially from Activision's response, it seems like they're going to fight this and it'll likely get dismissed. Um, obviously not a lawyer, but um, it's it's crazy to see, right? Like, no matter what, I think it's, it's one of those things where it's crazy to see, but I've just being realistic, I don't think the the outcome is going to be favorable for for those two. Um, regardless of uh, if it'll get dismissed or whatever, um, there's still other like claims being made. It's not just like the monopoly one. It's like um, the fact that like Hex or Scump and all those guys they they lost money on potential brand deals and um, Hex not being allowed to enter into the uh, CDL with the uh, like without like extra investors and all that stuff. So. Like the monopoly case is one thing, but there's also other issues that are being brought up there. So um, I still think that there's it's going to cause some sort of movement. I personally think that will result in some sort of settlement. But at the end of the day, what this like does for Call of Duty as an esport, in my opinion, is good. It's going to basically just expose what um, the CDL has been kind of like doing um, for the last couple of years. And on top of that, it potentially puts like, you know, a nail in the coffin in terms of like the CDO and the state of the current CDO era. So like the monopoly case is one thing, but there's also other issues that are being brought up there. So um, I still think that there's, it's going to cause some sort of movement. I personally think that will result in some sort of settlement, but at the end of the day, what this like does for Call of Duty as an esport, in my opinion is good. It's going to basically just expose what um, the CDO has been kind of like doing um, for the last couple of years. And on top of that, yeah, it, could, it, it could also, I mean, you're talking about like the positives. I mean, it could also have negative tailwind effects, right? Like this, I mean, 
for Call of Duty Esports to be successful, right? No matter what model is tied to it, Activision needs to support it, right? Like from from the get-go. Like they have yeah. to be supportive of this entire ecosystem. And I mean, this could be a situation where like, you know, they kind of wash their hands with it, right? Like, I mean, they obviously we kind of have talked about this. We believe the CDL will dissolve the same way the Overwatch League did. Um though none of the Overwatch owners were suing the Activision um with with the Overwatch League. So yeah. it's one of those things where it's like it could put a bad taste in their mouth. They and, and support could be lesser of what you know we're hoping <laughs> for. So um there's there's negatives. Um it, again, it's one of those things where it's like it's hard to speculate on because um we have no idea how it'll play out. But there's there's a lot of different outcomes, I think, and it's just gonna be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. I think yeah, I think this goes back to the kind of overarching issue that we've sort of discussed over the last you know it feels like every week almost that we're having like different discussions regarding the cdl and the way things are being ran etc feels like there's still a big disconnect there and obviously that's a big sign of that obviously all the different issues that have been brought up all the things that have been raised i think that at the end of the day ultimately i just hope that whatever the outcome is it's a positive one for cod esports and not the one where activision and you know, the COD League just ceases to exist in a sense of COD esports as a whole. Um, I think that would obviously not be ideal for, for all of us. So um, hopefully that's not the case. But um, in happier news, I guess not really happier news. It's depending on the way you look at it. We've had a whole bunch of roster changes going into this major um, online stage and obviously the major itself. Six teams technically, I guess, if you include, you know, TG Halley getting kept as part of the um, Carolina squad. But for the most part, you've obviously seen that roster before, but five other changes, uh, Vegas brought in Geo, Seattle brought in Brezzi, LAT, Nasty and Kremp, um, Eric Boom came off the bench, and then Boston brought in Asim. So quite a lot of changes, probably the most we've seen, I think, f- from what I remember, I could be wrong, that after like stage one of the season where you've seen five teams quickly making those those decisions there, what's your um, thoughts on overall on the changes? And do you think it's good that the teams have, are acting early instead of waiting, you know, until af- after major two, major three, where things are pretty much out of their hands at that stage? Yeah, finally. I'm definitely, uh, yeah, I'm on the same page as you. Like, I'm just glad they're finally doing shit because a lot yeah. of these teams, they wait too long to make changes um, and then it's too late, and then they just they bring in people that just can't move the needle. But that's another topic. Uh, Pat's, I'm sure, Pat, you're going to touch on this. Um, so I'll let you have it in terms of like the, the changes that people are actually making. Yeah, I mean, some of these changes are absolutely cooked. Um, <laughs> the Vegas one, to me, I mean, I know they came out and got a win, but like, um, I'm still mind blown. Like they could have made a two person change, but like the, the one change they did make made no sense to me. Um, I didn't think Standy was that bad. And obviously, you know, there are people are claiming like out of game stuff, but like purge has been their worst player since day one in almost every category. Um, so the fact that he stayed on the team was super surprising. Seattle, exact same scenario. They dropped their best player in Ender um kept their worst player uh so it's just i i don't know it's it's just it's getting confusing i don't even think brezzy's like a bad pickup like i think he's actually a, probably a solid pickup for this squad um but we've kind of talked about like what the ideal move should be for some of these orgs and they're kind of just making like changes that are 
kind of like head scratchers. There's um, got to be there's just got to be some stupid political shit going on internally in the team, um, which is fair. It's fair play, right, to all the people that are keeping their spots because of it. Um, at the end of the day, everyone's just trying to keep their job. But it's just stupid to watch. Like these teams are going to get worse. They're just already not competitive and they're making changes that just don't make sense to the community. They don't make sense to us. They don't make sense. Uh, maybe to them it might make some sort of sense, but then they go out there and play and like rarely are any of these roster changes that we're calling out ever going to be beneficial, right? Even the Vegas one, I still have my doubts just because yeah. um, the first team they played was LAG and LAG is a very up and down team as well. Um, so it's really going to be one of those things like, let's see how they do up against some of the other middle of the pack, more stable teams that actually made some upgrades or <clears throat> let's see how they stack up against the the better competition because for all we know this change could not move the needle and maybe purge goes back to playing poorly but um at least purge play yeah purge played pretty good i think geo is fine i think he played all right um i don't think we're ever going to get another explosive um rookie coming in um in randomly in the season and just insanely changing the way a team plays pat for a while because i know you're like oh i want to see a rookie come out or like a, a new pickup come out and make a make a wave but like i just, I just don't think we're positive, in that era bro i just want okay. to go positive like we've basically every debut for for a new player into the league um not counting asim because he's been in the league a million times um has just came in and had a bad first series and um i you know it's not always fair to just say one series but it's like it's kind of to that point where like yeah you know once you make roster changes you're expecting honeymoon periods you're expecting that you know that rookie to come out with the fire and then like they come in their first series and get shit on it's like well damn like what's happening i feel like it's harder though like at the like midway through this the 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 uh state not stage but it's harder midway through the season like granted it was after major one but i feel like you're gonna get those performances from rookies or newer faces um at the beginning of the season because right right before the first like couple of league matches all these teams get a ton of practice the game's fairly new right the environs environment's a little bit more fresh or like way easier to get used to because everyone's starting on the same like page but as the season develops it gets harder for rookies to transition well into the pro league because the gap between the pro league and the challengers as the season go on goes on gets wider and wider and wider because the pro teams um, are not behind patches um, the pro teams have better resources better practice it just gets harder and harder to transition from the lower leagues into um, the pro league. So I will personally for now, at least give them excuses or, or like a passes in that, in that sense. But um, I, I said this before, I think we're in a, a talent drought. I think there's definitely a lot of like good players in challengers. Um, but when it comes to the pro league, I don't think we're going to have any more Simpson Abizis just randomly come out of nowhere and just be the best players in the world. I think there's going to be pieces in challengers that could replace weaker links on teams. But do I think, that all of a sudden they're going to pick up like, let's say geo, or they're going to pick up um, a cramp, for example. And those guys are just going to come in and be the world's best. Probably not. I don't think we're ever going to um, see that ever again. <clears throat> so um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I stand with these team changes. It's tough though, for these, these challengers players coming in as well. Cause a lot of these teams that are making changes often are in that bottom six position and like you guys are saying a lot of these teams are replacing statistically their best player maybe for a reason of like team cohesion team chemistry all these sort of things i've been in those situations myself as a coach having to make those decisions maybe bringing someone out of the roster that wasn't really 
an issue in terms of individual performance, but maybe made everyone else around them worse. So I think it's one of those things, it's, it's a hard decision to make, but it's at the same time, it's difficult for these guys coming in when they're coming from challengers, getting smacked into a bottom six team, and then they're expected to perform at a high level. But I think there's a lot of factors that come into play as well. You know, I don't think we're going to see Simpabizis anymore because those guys were competing at an early age, under 18 in competitions. You don't really see that anymore. Like, who are the under 18 guys coming through? I mean, there, you know I mean? there is there is a couple of faces, but like yeah. even then, even then, those guys are still not nearly as experienced as um, Simp and Abizi were. But like uh, Derek to go encourage like the whole Phase Black Academy team. Yeah. A lot of those under 18ers. Um, you know, they're pretty good. They're, they're talented, but again, like I think the scene and like the, the pro league and the challenger scene is just so much more mature now that like, yeah, those under 18ers, um, they have a ton of talent and I'm sure that whenever they actually turn 18, they're going to start competing in that challenger, uh, you know, um, what is it called? Uh, that challenger, uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here, but that challenger, uh, atmosphere jesus yeah and they're gonna end up getting a wake-up call because um regardless of how talented those guys are like the games just require so much more teamwork and you see it all up and down of you know pretty much every aspect of call of duty from simple shit like rank play to the the challenger stuff to even the pro league the difference is um so much more massive so um as the problem is though like you don't have the same amount of under 18 people playing multiplayer cod anymore yeah um like dude back in the day like there were so many and and under 18 kids could compete and stuff at events with like the, the parental consent forms and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, nowadays it's, it's different and there's so many different games that support under 18. Like if you're, if you're 15, 16 and like, let's just say you're good at shooters. Like why play COD, right? Go play like, Fortnite. Fortnite. Is it, is it, you can play Warzone. There's, there's under 18 kids in Warzone, isn't there? I have no idea, but like you can play pretty much any other esport. Um, I think, yeah, I want to say COD is one of the only esports that like hard gatekeeps at eighteen plus, like for all their facets of esports that are yeah. actually supported by the by their developer. I think I could be wrong, but at least at least in the shooter in the shooter market, I I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they are. And even then, even if they're not, like there's games out there that don't have any sort of like gatekeeping in that sense right like fortnite for example like all, uh, all these kids all these gaming like kids that grew up on like video games and multiplayer games they grew up on cod back in the day that was like the best shit that was like the, yeah, the most popular one. Yeah. now it's fortnite so like all those kids all those new gen players a lot of them are gonna go play that game i mean yeah, think about, I think think about when fortnite blew up it was like 2017 2018 like that's six, seven years ago. So that would have been like a 10 year old being 16, 17 right now. Like that's what they would have started out on. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, it's just a different era. And I think, you know, COD multiplayer specifically, I, I just don't think we're going to get those under 18 uh, kind of talent, generational talent players um, in Call of Duty anymore. It's, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't, I think, again, they're playing something else. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And talking more <laughs> on challengers, there was—I don't know if you guys have saw this, but there was quite a controversial um, incident that happened last night in EU challengers specifically. We there was a player named Nvidia, and he's kind of been competing for a number of years now with like this sort of Spanish uh, players. He's a team with like all the kind of top Spanish players around the league now and and stuff like that. But um, I won't repeat what he said. But there was a very racist tweet that went out there, and then followed up with several multiple racist tweets but essentially he qualified for the eu challengers elite and i think all of his team were out celebrating while he was doing this but um 
essentially tweeted out a bunch of things. His team this morning ended up getting DQ'd from the competition completely. So his um, entire team kind of got sabotaged by him and his actions. Um, ultimately, obviously, it's not acceptable what he said. And I think that... Um, that they made the right decision to disqualify them. But I wish that his team had sort of came out there when all those tweets were going down. We're like, hey, we don't stand by this. Um, you know, we want to play without him and continue on. I think Face It, who are running challengers now, might have looked at it at that point and been like, okay, we'll remove him from the roster and then, you know, bring in another player. Um, but I think they just kind of let it simmer for a bit. And then what ultimately has happened is they're trying to fight back against it after the fact that another team has been put into challengers late in their place but again um it's just i don't know how in 2024 we're having to do with these sort of things so i i, I don't i don't agree with banning the whole team though um, yeah no i don't either like i it, to me it's clear cut ban that moron like who wanted to be racist and disqualify him and, and honestly just ban him for, for the whole year um at yeah. least and let his team get a replacement uh, make an example yeah. of the person who did wrong um, because I assume like now his teammates are screwed in this scenario and they had nothing yeah. to do with it. And they're, they're fucked. Yeah. yeah, they're they're they they it, like that just sucks. Like they can't, in my opinion, can't be held responsible for what their teammate, you know, goes off and does on his own. So that's that's really shitty for them. And I mean that guy is obviously an idiot. Um but <clears throat> yeah, I mean that that just sucks. And yeah, it it's one of those things where it's like I don't know what the downside would have been by allowing them to get a replacement. Like they, they could have made, you know, rules with that. Like, Hey, you can't replace with somebody who you, you know, is actively is already on another team like, yeah. or yeah, something yeah. like there could have been things done to, I think, make it right. But now it's kind of a shitty situation for everybody. Yeah. I feel bad for the, uh, the, the, you know, the people that played with them at the end of the day, that shit's unacceptable. I'm glad they took action at least. Um, granted, I don't fully agree with the way they did it. Um, yeah, unacceptable. Another uh, actual challenger drama. I don't know if you guys saw this, but I'm sure Mark, you know about this because in the EU scene as well, there was a guy that qualified or like a team that qualified in Challengers Elite that had multiple people that have been like banned on CMG, um, console restricted, all this stuff, basically because of hacking and hacking allegations. And the guy actually got PC checked by uh, one of the EU challenger players and the other EU challenger uh, discord or whatever. And they found cheats on his stuff and cheats searching through his um, um, his browser history. And although um, it's technically not done by face it, face it, face it actually apparently replied and like they they brought it up to him and said that. Um, they're not ta- they don't they're, they are not taking action based upon the that PC check because they didn't conduct it, even though that player pretty much deactivated everything, disappeared completely off social medias, deleted all his friends, whatever, um, because he was obviously caught cheating and everyone knows he's cheating. So um, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with that roster, that roster and that team, because um yeah, it's kind of a shame that uh, hackers essentially qualified for Challengers Elite, bro. If that was then what's crazy though. I know for a fact if that was the North American scene, that shit would have been figured out immediately, just like done before like they even qualified. I don't know why like the European scene was just like like obviously they had to check their shit, but like how is this even allowed to happen? Like if I would have seen those guys in the qualifier and they were they qualified, I would have already been just like what? How is this even acceptable? I mean, bro, like. I th- I was going to say, they went under different aliases. So, like, I think the guy who had been previously banned had, like, changed his alias from, like, Newt to Kev or something along those lines. Um, so they were, like, completely new players, per se. But, yeah, they hadn't obviously done well in any of the cups or any of these sort of things 
or even scrimmed against any of the top challengers teams in Europe. So it was out of nowhere that they qualified. Um, and yeah, there was accusations left and right. But I think the <coughs> he was caught in 4K, essentially. that He had two monitors. He'd done a monicam and he had two monitors, which he didn't intentionally try and show, but one of the monitors like shuffled into shot at one stage. And you could see he had the the game on two different monitors, essentially. So he was duplicating his screen. So he, he got caught in 4K and obviously he's, he's not been like that's like that's, that's apparently what like jimbo did like right a lot of people said that jimbo was hacking blah 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 um before you know he got caught but um people were like yeah he monitor cammed i'm like yeah he probably just duplicated his screens because apparently he was cheating um well before that and everyone had their suspicions but yeah i'm i'm sure that's I mean, what bro, he was this doing is, this is the problem with challengers like that's and that's why it's like really hard to take the online stuff serious because i guarantee you there's there's plenty of cheaters right now that are pl- actively playing that aren't aren't getting caught like um in challenges it's absolutely happening and it's the crazy I, thing is there's I, I, so, I, so many con- it just needs to be console there's so challenges many cheats too to console like there's so many cheats apparently like i've i've like heard from people that like you can have cheats that are like like the simplest shit like a 2d radar where it's literally basically a permanent uav like imagine having radar always on on your radar that's so hard to know if a guy has because all it does is like it tells you where like the direction people are coming from but if you have like actual game sense paired with that it's like you're just going to make good reads and it's like untrackable for the most part you know what i mean like there's so many stupid cheats that people can use and yeah the pc cod scene is just in shambles um for challengers it just needs to go to console because it's just there's too many players in too many regions to really um, fully keep track of everybody but at least on console there's that safety net of knowing that unless a player is going to like go far out of their way to hack or cheat in some sort of way there's pretty much no way of them cheating outside of like third-party devices but the third-party devices that like for example like a cronus they're not going to make that big of a difference where it's like if that guy uses one he's automatically qualifying over all the good players etc cetera, etc cetera. you know what i mean yeah 100 percent. i think that um Obviously, it's a tough situation as well. Like, it's really needs to just go back to console, like you guys are saying. I agreed 100%. That's just the only really outcome that I can see. Um, we want to talk a little bit about the new map, of course. Rio has been brought in for both Hardpoint and S&D. Um, personally, for me, I think Rio for Terminal Hardpoint is a great improvement after the uh, most recent Terminal patch. I'm not certain on the S&D swap yet. I think that Rio could be a good S&D map, but it seems a bit... Too much like everyone just running around as a four, um, which could obviously benefit certain teams. I actually did believe that Skidrow was a decent S&D map, although a lot of teams didn't like it. Um, personally, for me, I'm really pro- positive about the hard point change, but not as much about the S&D change. What's your guys' thoughts? Um, I personally like it for hard point. I think it's just way more fun to play than like what we had with Terminal. It's the complete yeah. parallel like opposite. A lot of running around and you know, it's very gritty and just fun and like fast paced. And then terminal was kind of the opposite. It was just slow L trigger, hold irons. Um, now you're seeing a lot more people use SMGs and we lacked in that submachine gun meta, um, you know, the last couple of ma- uh, the, the, with the current map pool. Um, so it's good to see. It's also, it was just very fun to watch. Like when people were playing it on in their matches uh, this weekend. So um, I enjoyed it a ton um, in terms of Rio S and D we haven't seen anybody play it yet. But um, from playing in a ranked, it definitely plays a lot like a BO4-esque map. Um, the problem with S&D in, in like games nowadays is there needs to be like crosses and like good places to get info. Otherwise, um, the maps turn into bangouts where people are essentially just blind countering each other. 
And yeah, maybe having like one or two maps in a map pool um, that play that way are, are not entirely terrible, right? Because it just creates some sort of variety, but crosses on certain lanes um, um, just allows you to kind of like actually, you know, play off of information gathered and not just, you know, have these like tight, narrow um, corridors where people are just flooding because that's kind of like what Rio plays like right now. And so, you know, Skid Row had that same problem. So we're almost replacing a map that had certain issues with another map that has the exact same issues. So. Yeah, I think the, the for me just to summarize, like I I think Rio is a good change, and especially when we're talking about you know as we go into the season and get more maps, I think we just need to be proactive on getting more of these DLC maps into the game because we've talked about it. these two thousand nine maps were not built for hardpoint, um, they're not going to play as well um, as these you know these modern maps that are built with this objective in mind, and so um, I just hope we continue to add more maps to the pool and. And get to that point where we can get rid of some of these maps that we just all agree are in the bottom tier. Yeah. Guys, I got some really bad news. Um, we're going to jump over to our prize picks. Um, we didn't do well this 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 last uh, this last Friday. Um, I tried. To, I, I went with what we talked about last episode. Um, Hydra did not give us the series we were expecting. That was that was the first thing that stood out for me, and then the others were like, I mean, I don't. We lucky lucky went more by half a kill, and I can't really predict can't really predict that. Um, and again, I I don't know what it is with the Ravens, but they're playing these teams close, um, way too close, I think for for you know the talent disparity between these two teams. So, um, how are they so accurate, man? These projections are crazy. Like they are so close every time. Miss <sighs> miss by a hair, man. It's it's unlucky. I mean, I guess the good side, you know, the good the good part of this is prize picks uh is really simple to play, you know. We can uh place these picks and submit the entries in less than 60 seconds. Um just unfortunately, we're not we're not winning uh <laughs> our picks. Um but as always, you know this one was this one was a loss. But we got next weekend. Um, We're not giving up. Yeah, we no, go we, look, we got a, we got a whole season. We're early into this. Um, so let's look at the matches for next week. Um, we got first up the New York Subliners against Boston Breach, the Rocker against Optic Texas, and the Heretics against Vegas Legion. Uh, so what are we thinking here? This is kind of diabolical because I feel like a couple of these matches actually can be very, very tight. Yeah. But Lamar, less. <laughs> he's been cooking, though. He's actually been playing pretty yeah, well. He's yeah, actually exactly, been playing but He's got to have a slower one. He's got to have a slower one this weekend. You think so? He's playing against, yeah. he's playing against Dashi and Kenny in his yeah, matchup. Yeah, exactly. He's got to slow it down. He's got, to, he's got to slow it down a little bit this weekend, I think. that's. I'm just... All in on the Lamar train for sure. <laughs> Pat, what are you thinking? I would, I would, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm not against the Lamar less. You guys know that, but are we sure we don't want to go awakening less? Uh, yeah, I'm not opposed to that. And when I think about it as well, Minnesota versus Optic, could we see Rio in the mix there? If we see Rio in the mix, then we might want to stay away from that one because 
obviously Optic played it today. I think Rio. Um, I think Rio is going to be a map. Too. I think yeah, Rio is going to be a map that Rocket plays. Ultra on it. Yeah, they just beat Ultra yeah, on exa- it. Yeah, exactly. So like, you whoa, know, whoa, whoa. So we take the more. We might. We might have a. We might have. Yeah, a yeah that's spicy. That's wait, what's like cool? a real matchup. Wait, but what's is, what's Linz's projection? Is, what's Linz's projection? Uh, we, I'm not sure, but the problem is we don't know if it'll be map four yeah. or map one. You know, so we can't really get you know count on the map. That's, That's the true. problem, bro. I think we go with a maybe a Linsmore. We're literally like chosen based on the coin toss that happens and the vetoes because or, obviously that, yeah. or Pred's been cooking. Pred's been cooking. We could Pred do a Pred more. Pred has been cooking every series. Yeah. I'm not opposed to it because then, regardless, even if Rio doesn't make it in, we've still got a really good chance. I and think. I and, like if it, this... and if it is in, we're good. Yeah, we are I, good. I feel like this rocker team too is like a team that Pred would fry against. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, kind of like his bread and butter. Um, so Pred more, okay. Um, yeah, I'm done for that. New York Subliners versus Boston Breach. Anything sticking <sighs> out to you guys? That one's that one's a toss up for me. I mean, we could go Ace some more. He absolutely fried in his last in his debut weekend. Now he played good, but he didn't fry. I'd say he had the most kills in the series. Did he? For squad, yeah, he didn't have like the best KD, but he had the most kills. I was gonna say Austin Slasher has been playing really well. Yeah, but the against thing New is, York, they might shut him down. The thing is, New York play every match close. So, for apart from the one time I said that, and then they got destroyed by Ultra like week two or whatever that was. But apart from that, they play everyone really close. I feel close, like you so could I, take a more on like anybody that's like a good player here and probably hit. Kismet? Yeah. Mixy game? Kismet had uh, 102 in their last series. Honestly, I wouldn't be opposed to either uh, Asim or Kismet. I think we go another SMG on the more here. For sure. I kind of have more faith than Kismet, personally. Yeah, I'm down with the Kismet more. All right, let's do it. Kismet gets All cooked right. this series. I'm going to be mad at the Bulldog. And then Heretics versus Vegas. <laughs> Lucky less. <laughs> that that was like the safe pick, and then he freaking played good no, in the he, last but he one. Only had one. He only went over one. It, he it went over by... Yeah. I reckon we do less. Okay, let's do, do the do lucky less. The lucky less. <laughs> this we, we got we got to run it back. Do we want to throw an attach more though? Because attach nah. attach has been frying. Nah, nah, nah. I don't, I'm I'm not. I'm trying to keep it at three this week. Yeah, I'm, okay, so, I'm thinking so lucky. So I'm lucky thinking less. safe. Yeah, I'm thinking lucky less. All right, There's, so just, we gotta hit. We gotta hit this time, right, boys? So the recap. are good picks. This week's on Prize Picks. We're gonna select lucky less. Kismet more and Pred more, right? Yeah. All right. Price Picks has got quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, enormous selection of players and stat types. Uh, so it's what makes Price Picks the number one fantasy sports app. Uh, go to pricepicks.com slash reverse sweep and use code reverse sweep for a first deposit match up to $100. Um, now moving on to the matches guys obviously we've had a great week of matches um, a lot of tight ones but at the end of the day Ultra start off as they've sort of continued from the major 2-0 um, starting off with a match against Miami they win 3-0 there you've got Scrap throwing out tweets um, saying welcome to the league Derek Boom he drops a 1.46 just absolutely destroyed and then they go up against Minnesota where again it's looking pretty nice for them they're up 2-0 and then Rocker caught back to a game five, but ultimately um, Toronto come out and just smoke them when it comes down to it. Rocker had a couple moments in that game five where they 
should have capitalised, should have made it closer, but they got clutched on time time and time again. So uh, ultimately, Ultra come out with a victory. Uh, what's your guys' thoughts on Ultra's week one? Um, I I mean, I thought they looked good. I, I thought they looked really good. I think, you know, one of those situations where, like, they go up 2-0, um, get a little, you know, get a little relaxed. We've all been there. Um, yeah. let, let Rocker back into it. And then they're like, get the game five. And they're like, all right, guys, like, let's, let's turn it on. And then they just six them, um, with the quickness. So, um, I, yeah, I don't think, I don't think ultras lost a step. The one thing is like going to be if they, um, if they're bad at, at, at Rio, right? Like that could be a toss up for them. Um, I don't expect them to be bad, even if they're behind in it right now. Um, I don't expect them to be bad at that map long term, but it is something I think you know other teams could be looking at. Like, damn, this might be a, like a, a chink in their armor, right? It's like the only hard point they've lost. Uh, other than that, they've been flawless for a while. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I look. They, they, I think they're still number one in the in the game, and it, it's not close. Yeah, Ultra. I can't pick them to lose a single series until they actually do break down and lose one maybe to like a top four team. But until then, like these guys are clear cut, the best team in the game. They still look good at Rio. Obviously um, they lost it to, to Minnesota, but they did play at Wolvers Miami. So clearly, um, you know, they're trying to get used to that new map. And I do think scrap is good on a sub. Um, however, like, like Pat said, I think that can potentially be a map that is like, especially with all the other teams that are playing in it, like optic and phase, um, that could be a weakness for him just because I feel like I'm going to say this again. Scrap is a better player on the AR. He's fine with the sub. He's obviously going to pick up kills. Um, he's a flex player at the end of the day. Very aggressive, but he's so effective at the AR because an AR that plays that aggressively puts up that much damage and kills and et cetera, et cetera, is just not real like in this league. Like the closest player I think to that was like Sib or maybe even like Dashy at times. But even then, they don't have that level of consistency and explosiveness that Scrap does. So if you take him off that AR and you put him in the SMG on that map, he might be more manageable, right? And he's still going to be good, but it'll be a little bit more manageable and maybe easier to take care of. So um, just something to look at um, for the Ultra team um, moving forward. On top of that, obviously, they lost um, Skidrow S&D, which is their bread and butter. And they didn't play Rio S&D at all. Uh, in this uh, in this weekend, so I don't know if they're particularly good at it or if they particularly feel confident in it. So their S and D is going to have to make strides. Yeah, they looked fine on Invasion S and D, but it's also a map they don't have a lot of reps in. And on top of that, I think Rocker had opportunities to win rounds in that search. They were just absolutely faded. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they were mega faded in that, in that round. Uh, that uh, not round five, but um, that map five. So. I don't know. We'll see how Toronto develops, but I don't expect them to, uh, you know, miss a beat, you know, for the rest of the stage either. Yeah, we obviously talked a little bit about Rocker. I think that uh, Lamar has a great series that this weekend um, against Ultra. I think that he's been one of the guys that's been getting a lot of criticism from us, from other people. Um, but he had a good series here. Obviously, helps them claw it back to game five. I think Linz is making good plays, but the biggest issue still with with Rocker seems to be awakening and him getting to that level that he used to be on the likes of Florida, where he's the guy who is dropping 1.3s, 1.4s in series. And he was a guy that pretty much for the majority of the history of the CDL has always been that kind of main slayer type AR. And he's really not stepped up to that plate yet on this team. And that was what you expected coming in. 
Um, and it seems to be Lamar who in different series has taken over in comparison to him. So uh, what's your guys' thoughts on that? I know we've been hard on Awakening throughout, but I think, this again, it's another series from him where he doesn't play great. Wake has always been like a killer. He's been a slayer. Um, that's yeah. kind of like his play style. He hasn't like he doesn't play around the objective particularly, um, at least in prior years. The stigma with him was never that he was like a slow player. He was just he was a kill whore. So now, right, you put him in this like kill whore spot in a game where you have to just hold irons and not be a tweaker. And, you know, he's always been a fast paced player and he's he's just tweaking like he's just doing. He's trying to do too much. He's having that problem where he's just um, like not holding down his spots on the map and he's just trying to maybe create a little bit too much movement um you've seen even lamar start to come into his own and because obviously he's that kind of like statuesque player um traditionally and he's been playing well so wake needs to wake up i'm gonna start calling him a sleepening not awakening anymore because <laughs> he needs to wake the fuck up because he is playing like he's drooling at his controller sometimes and um yeah i don't know yeah. what to say with that yeah, oh, sleepening a sleepening I'm calling him a sleepening from now on I like it and I hate it at the same time Um, it's great but also terrible Uh, no yeah I think I agree with you it's one of those ones where you you expect him to bounce back eventually you expect him to figure out and figure out to you know pick up those kills but will we see it happen in the next week who knows Um, I think that he's definitely got a lot to improve in still Um, but yeah I think that they've been they've been up and down as a team so far this season had a great stage at, towards the end had a really bad start of last stage <coughs> it's going to be interesting to see how they play the, the rest of this stage out if Awakening isn't able to step up to the plate um, and if they make a roster change right anytime yeah. soon yeah they might make a roster change that's obviously another conversation but I think that they might be one of the guys if they continue to have that struggle in that position where they probably signed him to be that main slayer if that continues to be a problem, regardless of them obviously pushing and getting a great placement at Major 1 in comparison to what we thought, I still think of it as an, a, a recurring issue, but they're still doing decent. It might be one of those ones where they're like, okay, let's now make an improvement in that area and, and then we can continue to maybe get into those top three conversations if they're able to do that. Um, but yeah, um, moving into Optic, I think that that's the next team we want to talk about here. A big conversation for me is the map change because I think that obviously we touched on it. Schedule S&D was Optics Veto and now they've brought in Real S&D which I think is going to suit them to a T as a team. We've just spoke about it. They have three players who are comfortable running SMGs so I think that although S&D is obviously going to be a lot slower than Hardpoint would be, they are in a position where they they have three players who are very comfortable making a lot of aggressive plays on the map Mm -hmm. and I think that that's how Rio is going to play out terminal hard point they were strong on but again i think it's still a net positive for them bringing in a map that they have three players being comfortable with smgs on so i think the overall they've been buffed per se from this uh this map change yeah specifically snd for sure i think this is a buff for both optic and phase if i if i'm being honest because i think we were having this conversation before how like smgs are kind of struggling on this game and you see um, people like players like Abizi and Shotzi kind of struggling in hard points sometimes. It feels like they can't like, you know, pop off and like actually be impactful because they're just being absolutely trapped by assault rifles and punished. Um, but this map is a little bit more loose and definitely favors SMG players. And Shotzi played really well on that map. 
Abizi, Simp, those guys played really well on that map when they played it um, this weekend. So it's definitely a buff to some of these uh, SMG heavy teams that like kind of built their teams around um, actually having, you know, an actual flex player and actually having um, two SMG players like Optic and FaZe. So I expect to fully see this as a buff for their team. But one team that I'm surprised because they didn't play it, and I think they even vetoed it, was um, New York because I feel like um, Hydra and Kismet would really thrive on the submachine gun heavy map. And then on Sib, top of though? that, I don't know. I think Sib, I think Sib can use a sub or, or Sky, Skies can because Skies does the same thing. Skies, Skies will pull out a sub sometimes if he wants to, but I don't know how it fits their team. So I'm really hoping they don't continue to veto it. I'm kind of curious to see how they play on it, but obviously they probably practice it and they know better than, than us. But yeah, so it, but I, I still think it definitely made optic and it made phase a, a better team for, for now with the new map. Yeah, it could be one of those ones on the New York point. I think that they could maybe be, you know, keeping it under wraps. The matchups they had specifically this weekend, they felt like if they played the other maps, it would be more to their advantage. You never know. We obviously yeah. have little data on uh, Rio at the minute. We don't really know who's strong and who's weak on it at the minute. But I'm sure as the stage progresses, we're going to start to see those sort of gaps there. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see. Um, moving on to like, we just spoke about NY, but like Seattle this weekend, they played against New York. Um, they've just made a roster change, bringing in Brezzy for Illy. Um, all four players are struggling to break 40 kills, bar abuser. They got, um, they got absolutely destroyed by New York, who didn't look great versus Carolina. So that's the biggest concern for me is, you know, if you're the Seattle team, you're watching them play against Carolina. You're thinking, you know, we're a new team here. We can win this. You come in and you get absolutely destroyed. It's a quick series. Um, it's a bit of a concern. Obviously, it's at the same time, it's a new squad. They maybe take time to gel. Not all teams always have honeymoon periods. And maybe they're doing well in scrims. But I think that, you know, coming in and just getting 3-0 smoke like that and your first showing is not ideal for, for Brezzi and the rest of the Seattle guys. Seattle is fucking cooked, bro. It's not It's not going to be no first match jitters. It's not going to be no um, roster change period excuse. They are cooked. If they turn it around, fair play, but I am not optimistic. I think this team is fucked. I think they made a terrible change with Illy, although, right, whatever the whatever the issue was with Illy, whether it was the league influenced that change, or obviously for obvious reasons, or maybe they just didn't want to play with them, they are cooked. Like, Arsides has been far and away their worst player. Not, um, just, not just their worst player. He was the worst player on LAG a year ago. Like, yeah, exactly. He's been far and away their worst player, and they didn't make a change for him. They need kills. They're like ravens, right? We we have this. We have this uh, talk. With, no, hold on, hold on. We have this talk with like all these bottom tier, tier tier teams. It's like Ravens, LAG, Vegas, Seattle. They all have the same issue. Motherfuckers just get out talented. They can't get a kill. But some of them, at least, at least they have a clue what's going on the map. At least they can rotate. At least they can hold a setup or two. This team can't do anything. I don't know what they're good at with this, especially with this new roster. At least before. Illy had some takeover moments and their S&D was good. But now what do they do? What are they good at? They have not. It's one match. But listen, I'm not optimistic and I don't feel like this team is going to progress in any sort of way um, with this current team. Unless Breezy just all of a sudden becomes the greatest player Brezzy. of all time. Breezy. I call him Breezy. Breezy all of a sudden becomes the greatest player of all time on the roster. And again, he got pooped on. So I'm not optimistic at all. Yeah, I think it's always weird when a team has that real strength in S&D. Obviously, they were completely terrible in respawn. But at the end of the day, they had a real strength that they could build from. 
Um, and I think that's an overlooked thing because a lot of rosters are just built for pure respawn dominance in the CDL for the most part. They have, they have strength in S&D, maybe make one or two changes there, tweak things, still try and, you know, maintain that S&D dominance, but, you know, improve the respawn however you do that. Maybe make one roster change, but I don't think LA was the right play um, because he was clearly that guy for them in Search and Destroy and has been known to be a great S&D player throughout the history of the CDL. And as, as well as, as like, you know, in-game communication when it comes to that game mode. So for me, it's a strange one. Um, there might, obviously, from the looks of it, uh, behind the scenes and the lack of announcement, etc. there's probably more to it. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, they need to make the decision that's best for them as a, as a franchise and as a team. And I think that this one just doesn't seem right to me. Um, but, exactly. you know... I guess we'll see how they they progress. Um, Carolina again were a team that's been struggling to to close out series. They've been in two series this weekend, where against New York and Boston, where it was almost like the same thing. You know, they go up two zero against New York, then they get reverse swept. Then they're in so many winnable positions against Boston, failed to capitalize. It seems like they just you know they're that team who similar to a lot of these teams that we're talking about, are just not able to close out, whether that's the talent, whether that's the in-game communication. I'm not entirely sure what's going wrong with Carolina, but it seems to me that they are the team that's choked the most this season out of anyone. Um, but they obviously come off like a decent result at the major, so it's, I'm not sure where to put them they in also, a minute. But. I don't know why, but they just suck online too. Like They're not yeah. anything special on land, but like they they are just straight up better on land. Um, yeah, fellow is a big catalyst of that, right? Like I think he when he when he replayed Scott Rex, he was the worst player online statistically. He goes to land, he played pretty solid on land. He comes back online, he's back in like the bottom, basically the worst statistical player in the league. So, um, that's a huge catalyst, but yeah, I think this kind of circles back to what Chris said before, like. They just they they get out talented like they just they even if they know how to play they cannot get kills and they and they choke too like they I don't know I, I to me I think this this squad's gonna need another change I don't know who it'd be for but I I don't think their current roster anything special is gonna happen I want to say maybe it's because like they don't have a facility so like server wise they're kind of screwed and they're getting screwed over but I think Vegas also doesn't have a facility and they're kind of in the same type of, of spread so. Um, yeah, I mean, some teams actually took initiative. I know, like, for example, like LA and LA, well, LAG, yeah, like three of them live in Texas now, like a couple of them moved. Yeah, but they're um, not so a facility. They just, they're not, the but they have, they have Texas the with fiber. Boat. They have Texas with fiber. I'm more so talking about like split wise. I want to almost like, you know, try and make that excuse for them, but I can't because I know there's other teams that actually have a similar split, for example, Vegas. Um, and they're doing all right online. So I don't know what it is, but fellow online, he's fucking terrible. Um, he's, he's so much, he's, he's actually, he's better on land. Like actually like, I, but online he's so bad, bro. And I don't understand why, um, either way, you know, they just, they get out talented. They get out slayed. They still keep every series close and it blows my mind. I don't know what this team needs to do to start converting wins. And I don't really know if they are going to be able to figure out the solution because people will automatically point to fellow and be like, Oh, look at his stats, right? He needs to be replaced, but his impact and the way he changes team when he joined this roster is pretty fucking apparent um, because he's putting up Goderex stat lines while still winning maps, which is, it doesn't make sense. I don't know. 
Yeah, Carolina have a decent schedule this split, I think, from what I can see. I think they've got like a couple winnable matches. They need to like at least pick up two potentially three wins this stage in my opinion if they're ever going to be in the champs conversation um, in my opinion I think that the, the other teams are going to sort of extend the gap on them um, <coughs> even though right now they're you know in, in that a decent spot I think that they need to pick up two or three wins this stage because this is one of their you know easier stages on paper in my opinion uh, just looking at the matchups they have um, but yeah I think that yeah whatever whatever it be online on LAN I think that they're could be some issues there when it comes down to it. I think that even on in the land matches, they had a lot of close moments where they could have capitalized and potentially, you know, went even further. Um, but, you know, without hearing their comms and all those sort of things, it's hard to really tell exactly what's going wrong in those key moments. Um, I think that, you know, we spoke about Boston beating them. I think ASIM kicks a huge amount of props for that. That map three, which extended the series being up 2-1, um, going into the fourth map for them, and then Priesta and Slasher just took over in the in the hard points. They ace him if, if he doesn't drop that one point five or whatever it was. He dropped map three, and and Carolina go up two one there. I think that you could obviously see Carolina potentially squeezing out that map five because I do believe that they're a better S and D team in my opinion, just from the eye test. Um, but at the end of the day, you know. Asim goes off in his first series, beats his old team, and then proceeds to you know close it out on the map four. Um, what's your thoughts? I think Asim was probably the shining light in terms of the only player that, in my view, that had like a really standout first series coming back into the league. But again, he's been a player that's been around for a while. Yeah, I, th- I think he was the only one. Um, everyone yeah. else was pretty pretty lackluster. Um, I guess the upside was like Eric Boom had a bad first one, but at least turned it around in his second. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I I think this Boston squad. Um, I I I'm a, I'm a lot higher on them than I was. I don't know about you guys, but um, I'm kind of confident. On I feel like that you know they have a good uh, team chemistry now that I think they solved with this change, and I think they're more on the same page. So there's going to be a lot more organized, man. That's all it yeah. is. Yeah. 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 But I still think I I, I mean I do I still want to see more consistency. Um, across the board, like we talked about, like Austin being the best player on this team should not be the case. It it just shouldn't. Like, um, I don't know. I don't know. We're in the air. We're in the game where Iron Boots, fucking L Trigger people are literally frying. Yeah, but so. the problem, the problem with that though is like, you you can't. We're we're also in the era where you can't have your superstars be inconsistent, Chris. Like, um, that's gonna lead, especially your your fast play sub players. Like being that inconsistent is just not gonna produce results. I think, you know, that's why a big reason why Ultras came out and been so dominant is like them top to bottom are just all four really consistent players. Yeah, I mean it's hard though. Like it's hard to get to that point. Like everyone ideally would like to play as good as the ultras and the phases and the optics, but like it just attaining that sort of consistency is just so hard. But I would, ra- but I guess my point is like, even if you're not superstars, like I would rather a team just be like, you know, multi like consistent 1.0s. Like the problem with, with some of these bottom teams is sometimes one of their players will throw up like a point five, and it happens like almost every match. Yeah. It's not even just one of them. Like someone will just have a stinker and get shit on, and it's like, well, damn, those guys are playing three v four. Yeah, it's this is this is a blender game, so that does happen. But yeah, no, I mean, I get it. I mean, looking at it from just a statistical standpoint, it, it might look like that. But like, I play the game all the time, bro. And just these maps are actually cancer. 
Like it's one thing to watch them, Pat. When you play this, Marky B watches too. He watches his team practice. He's a coach. So, bro, these maps, sometimes one person gets picked. And you remember back in 2019, MW 2019, everyone used to make fun of it. They called it the Seacott cycle where somebody yeah. would get put in a blender and like they just couldn't get out of it. I mean, Dude, bro, they, it happens on just, these maps too. These it's maps so are straight bad. up though. Like they're just that straight it up. Is, it is. It is. Open, like. A lot of the time, all you can do is hold an iron, throw your nades, throw your stuns, hold an iron, hope that hope somebody peeks. If they don't give you anything, you're just running down this like narrow ass freaking just open area, just getting mowed down and shot by multiple people. It's so bad. I, I, but it, but it goes it. back. But it goes back to like the talent issue, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if your teammates are getting kills, it, it opens up the map. Now, and- you want to know what the big reason it, it this that stuff happens though, Pat? Like the reason why people get caught in these cycles is because a lot of teams, and this is even like a thing in older games, but they get bailed out because of the way the games are designed. A lot of these teams don't have reset buttons. Optic has one of those problems. We talked about it before. They're not good at resetting and being like, okay, let's chalk this up and let's get a good hold setup. Let's trap the team at old. Let's that's get a setup. They yeah, They're just exactly. But, but that's the thing, though. That like, okay, put this into perspective. Optic is a very good team. They're obviously a top four team. They they produce results. They might not have won championships, but they still are producing results at the top end, right? Now think about if those guys are having issues. Now imagine what the lower teams are dealing with when it comes to like teamwork and talent and all that stuff. It's amplified by fucking 5x, 10x. So like we think that Optic doesn't have a reset button sometimes when we're making their criticisms. Let's talk about the other teams because some of these teams, they don't even rotate. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And like, if they're playing a map like that, like Invasion or like all these other maps, like they're just getting farmed, bro. Like somebody's dropping a point five. Like it's not even it necessarily one person's fault. The whole team just doesn't know what the fuck is going on. It's the desperation and the lack of trust as well. Like, they're mm-hmm. so desperate to get a win on the board that, like, you know, that last 30 seconds sounds awful tasty. You know what I mean? They're like, right. yeah, I'm, ru- I'm running at that straight away. Whereas they could be down 60 if they give it up, but they've got another 60 they can just rotate yeah, to and a get lot of teams, and the game a, back. A lot but they of don't teams, think that way. Exactly. A lot of teams, like, look at being down, like, 30 to 40 to 60 points, and they're like, we lost. When yeah. in reality, like you can make up for it if you play correctly and like you do it in practice, right? I'm assuming you yeah. do stuff like this in I mean, practice, so why not trust yourself in like, a match? Well, I mean, we've had this conversation a million times. Like there, I, there's still players to this day that I think get these cycles in practice and just don't replicate in actual matches. Like for whatever reason, like they just they thrive in practice, and when it comes to game time, they either play differently or. Maybe the pace of the game is played a little bit slower and, and, and they just get shit on. Where, it's the comms thing, practice. in my opinion. Like the, the difference I see from, you know, when you're hearing these listenings, like even looking at LAT's listenings, they, it just sounds like ramble. Whereas I guarantee you, in practice, it does not sound that bad. Because there was moments there where you could tell, like just going forward into LAT a little bit, you could tell in their comms at moments where they were trying to get like three, two, ones going, they were trying to coordinate stuff, but it just sounded like pure chaos. Yeah. So I think that's the case for a lot of these teams. They're in situations where they're up in their energy, they're bringing you know, that passion to a match, but they're not able to Bro, replicate I've, the same I've play. never understood why people don't look at Toronto Ultra and their communication and the way they talk to each other in a game and try to replicate it. Yes, Toronto, listen, FaZe was arguably more successful for multiple years, right? 
than Toronto Ultra, but Toronto Ultra has always been there and they've always been able to do less with more. And I, I say less with more because some of the players on their team prior to their newer eras were not looked at as the same caliber as players like FaZe and sometimes on Optic. As the years went by, people started to kind of realize how good those players were and the mindset changed. But like, dude, that franchise, those players, that team, they do so many things right and no one why does no one try to replicate their communication call of duty a lot of it is essentially just communication the more information that your teammates are giving you the clearer that information the more concise the quicker your decisions the clearer your decisions like everything just is way faster way clearer and it's just easier to do as opposed to how most other teams play everyone thinks you need to bring all this hype and energy when in reality it's more just about being you know, clear, like having a clear mind, just being able to make good decisions, quick decisions. You don't need to be fucking amped up and gassed up all the time. Why do so? I don't understand why people don't try to replicate that because it's 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 so good. That's my ideal communication style whenever I play, like especially nowadays, like whenever I would play challenges and stuff like that. That's kind of like what I always like looked at um, as the perfect, you know, communication. So I don't know. I give a lot of credit to Insight, to be honest, with that Toronto team. I think that um, he's like a guy that's not going to... You know exactly what he's got. He's he's like strong and powerful when it comes to communication. He's not exactly lower energy. He's going to be like, you know, very like... He's going to talk a lot, but it's gonna he's not going to be spamming calls. You know, like, one shot on the left, one the, like, He's not going to be rambling different call-outs. It's just going to be like, yo, guys, everyone focus this. And he'll just let everyone know exactly what to watch. You know what I mean? It's not the... Um, it's not constant ramble like you're in other yeah, teams' yeah, call-ups. Yeah. Um, moving on, I mean, we kind of touch on the phase. We've talk, uh, spoke a little bit about Miami in terms of Eric Booman, his, his debut this weekend. Didn't go great, um, but they were playing against phase and ultra, which I think is a tough weekend after coming out with a disappointing top 12 at the event. Coming in your first weekend, playing against phase and ultra, the finalists from the previous one, is a tough start for Eric Booman, so I do feel bad for him. Um, what's your guys' thoughts there with uh, that Miami weekend? Uh, Miami is just not that great. I don't think even with Eric Boom, they'll probably reach that sort of plat- not plateau, but that benchmark that they had prior to Major One. I think they'll be a pretty dark horse team throughout the whole time, but like I think people are just going to start to pull away from them, um, even with Eric Boom um, on their team. I don't know about you, Pat. He's but being I, nice, I, I, Mark. He's being nice. What he's really trying to say is get off the train, sell all your Vamos bucks. Uh, These guys are not coming back. Metals um, is good, though. I think Metals has a future in the league. I, I also it, I also think it's one of those things where, like, we've talked about this, like, this Spanish squad, right? Like, even going back to the BO4 Heretics case, like, they catch everybody off guard in the first couple months and how they play. And then once you get figured, once you figure it out, it's like they don't really adapt. Um, they don't change the way they play and they're a little bit more readable. And then when they start getting out slayed, it's like their style doesn't work as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think the roster change was inevitable. Like, Journey was getting shit on, but I just, I don't think it moved the needle any at all. Um, Again, I think it's one of those things where, like, I think they just need a back to the drawing board on how they want to play in a, you know, game to game. But um, as of right now, I don't, I don't see this team going far. Um, on the flip side, Phase still, still, still pretty godlike. <laughs> yeah, 
they they just sat forward after that first map against Mammy. They were like they got they got smoked uh, map one on sub base, and then they were just like well, that meme of them just sitting forward in their chairs ready to lock in for a second. They just so they're so they're one in four on sub base now, and I yeah. I think you know it's one of those things like Chris Crowder has talked about this in the past, where it's like in map in in in, in matches that they you know are comfortable that they're basically you know they feel they're gonna win. They test out their maps like they they try their bad maps, and I think sub base has been one of their bad maps this whole year. It's typically a map that you know they they would want to avoid normally, um, and so I think they just kind of like just rolled the dice. Um, I don't see them playing that map long term, especially as we add more maps in. Hopefully, I wish we got the the newer maps in for season in for stage two, but I'm sure once we get to stage three, some of these bad ones will roll out. Hmm. Yeah, phase yeah. will probably be even better. Yeah, talking about phases. Just it just feels like it's the same thing every weekend. It's like, oh yeah, they've done well. They they got yeah, the results. It's, it's like, it just feels like that every single time. You know? Talking uh, about phase is just a, such a shit conversation because like everyone wants uh, us to criticize them when they lose or do anything wrong, but in reality, it's like they're number one or two. So yeah, like, yeah. we're basically just gonna be like, they're gonna world star everybody. Are they gonna choke at the event? Like, that's, yeah, that's like, what's gonna happen. What can I even stage. say anymore, man? Like, that's it's the phase uh, summary for the last three years. For the last three years, are they gonna win the tournament or are they gonna get second? I don't know, but like, everyone's like, dude, they got second. Like, why don't you guys talk about phase? They lost. I'm like, bro, what? It's second place, and they had a flawless online stage and go in and beat everybody except one team. Like, yeah, uh, fucking hate it. I hate that conversation. And then we had uh, LAG and Vegas battling out, which was, in my opinion, a battle of the ARs was what decided that really. You had Attach and Assault, which was the biggest differential there. You had Attach dropping like a 1.4 or something. Assault dropped a 0.7. And ultimately, that's kind of what shifted the result in my in, in their favor, in my opinion, uh, when it came down to it. Because you'd probably have favored LAG coming in. I think that would be fair to say. Most people Obviously, did, yeah. You know, Vegas had a team change at the end of the day, but I think that everyone would still favor LAG because there was a lot of good moments for them, especially at the major itself. And I think that last stage they showed that they were a better team than Vegas. But unfortunately, Adam Assault just, and I love Adam Assault, by the way, top guy, has an absolute stinker. One of the worst series I've ever seen from him, to be honest. I think Adam um, just has that thing like Fellow does. He gets better on land. I think he's... Um pretty dog shit online but he just has he always has that one map a series where he's getting world starred like because he you go and look at the stats from all the other maps and they're like okay it's not like he's yeah. playing he, and then sometimes he'll have a good map but one map a series it's like a negative like 10 negative 15 and it just drives all his stats to the ground yeah um he needs to just be better and he needs to be way more self selfless because he he's a very team oriented player for this team he's always going to take the back seat when it comes to his teammates letting fame and diamond and Estrio and stuff like that go out there and get kills. But I think Adam probably just needs to focus on his own game. Um, and if, you know, he keeps performing terribly and LAG keeps getting these lackluster results, then it might get, get a point where they might even think about changing. Maybe somebody, for example, um, somebody that could potentially at least role-wise fit their team if they want to change their pace, Brack, Phase Black. He kind of fits that slower AR play style. He's a good search and destroy player. Again, he's kind of vocal. So, um, that's, you know, some free game out there for LAG if they're potentially looking at making changes in the future. Maybe Lunars, who's also on the phase black team. Um, if Adam continues to perform badly, because, you know, people will criticize me and be like, oh, you're friends with LAG, you're friends with Adam. 
you're not going to say anything bad, but like I'm a realist, bro. Adam needs to play better, and if uh, he can't, you know, maintain that level of play, he's going to fall off the he's going to fall off the wheel like everybody else. I also yeah, think it's one of those things where um, it's harder. I, I think when you, I mean, this is going to, I think, vary player to player, but like getting in the later stages of your career, like the online matches, like we're talking about him sucking online, being better on land. Like, I think it's one of those things where it's like, it's almost harder to try at like a peak performance in some of these online league matches that don't mean much. Right. And then you get the land. That's obviously where it matters the most. I, 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 I'm just wondering if that's something that's affecting him as a, a just a player, right? Like, because yeah. it's happened to a lot of players, especially in this like the league match format that we're talking. I about. I can't wait for the day and age where potentially we go back to more open styles of like tournaments and qualification based and more. Um, I just want no league matches. I don't yeah, care no what league the matches is, as long as there's no league matches. That'd be so awesome because I know for a fact a lot of people will try to play again. I mean, I love traveling, so just get more and more events, please. Just get me on. I don't mind traveling all over the world. That's what I did for years. So let's just get back to it. Let's get back to more events, oh more matches online. Get me flying transatlantic. I would absolutely love that. Um, I think the one more one more match and one more team that we've not spoke about yet, we've been holding off on them is LAT because they made two roster changes. Every other team made one, but they need more. They, <laughs> yeah. And Obviously, I previously coached Nasty, um, so, you know, some bias there from me, but I think at the end of the day, um, you know, not a great series from them. Their comms sounded horrible. I think that was the biggest takeaway for me, to be honest, is just early doors, they just didn't seem like they were had any team <clears throat> cohesion there in their communication, apart from a couple of good 3 2 ones in there, but, you know. Bro, I'm going to keep it. Chaos. I'm going to keep it 100 million right now. All right, they people need to get off the UK hype train with the players, and I'm telling you why right now. And I'm not trying to be a dick, but the only European players outside of like Jamie and Insight that have came in from Europe that have been good solo are the French players that get put on random like teams here and there, like Hydra and even Linz now, right? When it comes to like these UK teams, it needs to be all in on the UK players or not at all when it comes to the team. It can't be like you pick you pick like Afro and Nasty or you pick like just like one of them and you put them on a roster with all NAs. I don't know why they don't fucking work most of the time. Um, Bance, well, maybe it was like the only other exception, but even just Bance as an individual played kind of poorly sometimes. Um, but they need to get rid of this shit. They, they need to get Nasty and, and Afro out, unfortunately, and they need to just completely build around ghosty and i'll still keep crimp on the roster because if you're building from the challengers players he was one of the best but they needed to build around ghosty from the get-go and on top of that nasty he played good on mw2 and he was he was a he was a good player in challengers but he wasn't even your best player mark it was fucking beans and beans is fucking gross by the way he's a good player this is an eu hater he know i just said i just said beans is good I'm not going to comment on who's better and all that sort of stuff, but you are faded with that take about UK players for sure. I don't I'm, care. I'm, I don't I'm gonna, care. No, right. Listen, listen. I, I, whatever point you may make on individuals all in Europe and whatnot, I think that you need to look at it by a case-by-case basis. I think there has been players that have had success. I don't think it's anything to do with nationality per se um i don't know what it is but it's all bro the only people that i've seen that have had insane success playing with na players 
Well, actually, if you want to go way back, are you then go Hy- ahead. Is Hydra is the like, only example? Uh, Hydra and Linz right now are the only ones. And Linz then, right now. We're one month yeah, into the game. Wait, Linz is good, and yeah, he got I, top four. Yeah. Wait, what about Kleenex? Kleenex, no, no, I said, so I said UK. Minnesota have just got last season, they played top three multiple events. He's Danish. Wait, hold on a sec. Hold on a second, Chris. Minnesota placed top three multiple events last year. They placed placed top three. They placed top three at one. Was it not two? No, I'm pretty sure it was just one. Regardless, you're using Linz as an example when this is still early doors. Hydra, yes. Unbelievable player. Like, probably. But either way, but I'm also saying, like, they're good on their teams. Like, I what, bro, it, I don't listen, bro. I don't know what I don't know what it is, but they're all from the UK. Like, bro, they need a they need it either way. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care if you agree with that take. They need to get rid of Afro because Afro is just inconsistent. He's not good. They need to get rid of uh, maybe get rid of Nasty if unless Ghosty just wants him on the team. They need like Ghosty just full rebuild around the team because these guys are terrible. And it doesn't matter. I don't know why. I don't know what they're doing over there. Just get him out. Yeah, um, I do agree that uh, Afro hasn't been playing good whatsoever. Um, I, I, I can agree with that for sure. Um, I think that that's a fair take. But I don't think I said to his nationality per se. I think that um, Nasty needs more time and an opportunity to showcase his abilities, to be honest. I think that's my... Yeah, I think that's also a fair take, but I don't think like there's going to be room but for him on this team. He also had that on the, the Ravens squad, right? For like a whole year. Yeah, I mean, they were a dog shit team. I mean, that's the same th- argument that could be made on multiple challenges. He's in the same position on Thieves. Like, it's still a dog shit team. Like, I don't, I don't know if time is going to let him showcase his talent. And this goes for almost every good player on a bad team. Like, if yeah. you have a bad team, you're just kind of fucked. Also, yeah, on, yeah, on, like the, on the UK front, just like thinking about all the players on the teams, like your team is obviously at the top. Like, Wee Man's team is obviously at the top. When it comes to the players that are in that circle that have been in the league, like what players have actually been really good, like outside of like Bance, like Bance, obviously he's been historical, so I'm not even going to count him. But like the newer players, like what what players Hexing? on those teams? No, well, ha- okay, yeah, yeah, okay, but he was on that Toronto team, which was like an all European team as well. But I'm talking about like when it comes to jumbling these players, like bro, I don't know what it is, but there's but only like the French players are on like can be on NA teams like with NA players and Our like and like and like squads. and like go off, bro. I swear to God, bro. Like if you if you're gonna make a UK if you're gonna make a team with UK not UK European players oh, on it, you gotta Jared. you gotta do full European teams, bro. Like it's gotta be a full European roster because I don't know what it is. You put the Europeans with like NAs and like most of the time they're not having hey, wait, success. What about Jared? It's what about not happened that often though. That's it's, like it's the really, old days, though. I'm talking about recent times, bro. What? Jared is like on, Are Beal for the old days now? How fucking old <laughs> yeah, am I? Pre-franchising. Hold Dude, on Beale a second. Four was not the old days. That's, my take might be a little faded, but I'm gonna stand by it because fuck it. Yeah, nah, yeah. I guess Beal for us a long time ago. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm no, gonna stand like on my business up. just because, because just even if it's a little faded, bro. I just don't know what it is. But like the European players need to team with Europeans, bro, because it's so rare that the bro, Europeans are on week. NA rosters and like they're doing good. All right, this just is one to- of those convos where you can't even debate it. We just have to come back <laughs> next week and then we'll we'll just keep you know we'll keep yeah. an update because like next just- week he could fry Afro. Yeah, he could have like one point threes and win him the series. Who are they playing next week? Who knows? <laughs> the thing is, I'll end off with just saying I do agree with the f- 
I guess a factor being that if you're with people from your own country, you've got a more, you've got a closer connection for sure. Cause like, you know, although the UK and the US is very similar in a lot of senses, there are some differences in terms of like the culture, but it's still very similar. So I do agree with that. But I think there's only like been one team that I've had like in the CDL era, there's only been one team with a mixture of UK and US players. And that's been Minnesota as far as I'm aware. Like a, like, so like a D's like a half and half. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, so, had one, they had one good well, result, and they were. So we're using Toronto. one team. Wait, the best team in the game has a fifty-fifty mix, though. I, yeah, exactly. The fucking nah, Toronto Ultra. Yeah, but those guys, those guys are just anomalies, bro. What? I said this. I said this. I said Mark, this. It's rare. Mark, Mark, I said this is rare. Questions. Bro. I said this that this it's is rare. Moving goalposts. It's rare. Uh, yeah. I said it's rare. Nah, it's all good, Chris. It's all good. I understand what you're saying. I. I agree with some aspects of it. Anyway, moving on to some questions. Not, not really a question, more of a statement here, actually. So it's from Nicholas Pacheco. Hopefully I've pronounced that correctly. Um, he says, if Optic replaced Dashi with Clayster, they upgrade. Shotzi needs that player to lock him up a bit. Y'all act like Clayster and Crim6 wasn't the reason Empire was so successful. Dashi does nothing but shoot straight. Dashi has won nothing and will probably have the most disappointing career. LMAO. What's your thoughts on that statement, guys? Lock that guy up and throw away the key. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't look. I I I I like Clay. I like Dashy, but replacing Dashy with Clay is not fixing uh, that squad's problems at all. Um, I will say Dashy's had a pretty disappointing um, career when you look at just purely like getting wins. Um, but for this particular optic squad, I don't think putting clay on it is going to get them success. Um, yeah, that guy's ultra mega world star faded. Just not even. <laughs> that's not even the reason at all. I think. I think Brandon has showed his ability to diversify himself as a player. Um, he's shown that he has more up his sleeve than just shooting the gun. And he's also been very, he's been good at every game mode, like throughout his entire career. He's been good at the response. He's been good at the search. Um, I just think uh, sometimes the stars don't align. And on top of the fact, like, yeah, listen, they can get, they have a ton of talent. But at the end of the day, bro, they're still competing against the teams like FaZe. They're still competing against the teams like Ultra. They're good as fuck. Optic won when they had winners on their team that were also super talented. We've talked about this. Like, ever since that dynasty broke up, they kind of went away from having winner players, winning mentality players, and just stacked talent. And, like, you got to have talent, but you also got to have players who have that winning mentality. Um, And I just, I think that's something they've lacked. Like, they've had all the talent in the world for years now and only produced, what, like, two championships post-dynasty era? So it's like... Um, I think that's a big factor that people don't consider. And, uh, you know, I don't, I, obviously I think his example is clay. That's a little extreme, but um, I, I think it just goes to the point where it's like as a roster as a whole, not one player in particular, they just, they, they have the talent. They just don't have that many winners. And I think this was like at least the one time where they got Kenny, who was a little bit more in that type of mindset. But um, Bro, I, again, I, I also will say that like, listen, as much as optic had talent, they had players that were either just overrated to a point or like um, falling off in terms of the careers. Um, for example, like Illy and Hook, right? Illy and Hook were on the optic team for a bit. And I mean, they, uh, that was just a transition from the Empire. Like, that yeah, was- but that's what I'm saying. Like, they had like that on their roster. 
I think like I think ago. I think formal after Jetpacks regressed. I still think he was a good player, but he regressed as a player. Um, I think Skump was always good. Um, but like they had players that were like even Krim for a while. Like they were there's players at the tail ends of their careers, and there's players that they even had on their team. Yeah, although like they're playing good now for some of their teams. Like TJ Halley was on their team for quite a bit. Um, and he started to get, he's obviously gone like technically getting worse. He's like getting like a less and less opportunity. So clearly like some of the players they have in their team, although they had access to some of these players. They had players, and, five and, years ago. That I know, but I'm surprised. But they also had Alec and Gunless and Prestini in their prime. Uh, but nah, Alec, Gunless and Prestini, those guys were better at Jetpack they games. They had Envoy in his prime. Those they, guys were better at Jetpack they games. Had, they had Dashi in his prime. They, mm. like, they, they had insane rosters. But like in hindsight, though like you look at those teams like in terms of like where those players are at now and like those players were just always regressing from that from before from that point in time bro at the time like those guys were looked at as really good players but like in my eyes and just the way that i looked at it i'm like bro they were good but like they weren't that good they were regressing and they were players that some of these players were better at jetpack games i will stand by this fucking statement i mean that's all day obvious. But and then that, I don't think that has anything to do with what we're talking about. But that's what I'm saying. So like people are like, so so you want to compare like optic success and dashy success as a player? Jetpack game though, Alec. And okay, okay. Well, not 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 be not. Okay, that's not jetpack godlike. game. But that was like a that was like a faux boots on the ground game, bro. Like I don't know how to explain it, but it was a faux boots on the ground game. That was like nothing well, like we've ever cheese. played. That's all it was. Exactly. But it was that's but the, the sliding and like the the, the two hundred million health, low TDK. Either way. My point being is, yes, you can criticize Dashy all you want, but like in reality, like at the time, you might think those some of the teams that he had were really good. But when you compare it to like the teams that he was up against, like for example, the Uniteds, the, the right, the later stages of phase, like they, those players, their longevity and like their career successes were so much are just so much stronger of a case than a player's like Dashy's. And listen. I think this is going to be easier now than it was before. And I'll tell you why the hundred thieves um, roster broke up. And that was another team that was in contention for championships at the time. And that they don't have to worry about that anymore. So I, I expect them to start producing results, but when we compare them to like a team like phase, like bro, even phase phase has been consistent, but like how, how phase won what one championship last year. Right, they won yeah, one, yeah, right? But phase is a little different than optic. They're consistently Ex- second. I agree. <laughs> Optics like getting twelfth sometimes. I got you. I got you. I completely agree. But also, like what I'm saying is like we can compare them and say, yo, optic hasn't won. But like if you really look at that history of like their teams, it's really not as unpredictable as that might seem. If you if you obviously a lot of it's hindsight, but like. Can you really believe they didn't win a like a event with X roster back then? Looking at it now, no. When especially when they were playing against Phase, no. <laughs> Yo, Mark, he's Chris is going to start hitting us with. They're not going to win because uh, Pred's Australian. They don't have. Uh, it's got it's got the UK flag. The, the Australian flag has Pred, the UK flag Pred, in it. Pred's so that's why like, Pred's now nah, Pred's dog shit because he's got the UK Pred, flag and the Pred's Australian got flag. Like, they got a mixed nationality. Yeah. Pred's got like, <laughs> right anyway um i don't know how we went on such a tangent off of such a faded question from nicholas pacheco but if you guys make sure you guys get your comments below and um, ask us any questions any statements you have for what we've been saying this week and uh, we might bring it up and go on a tangent with you guys next week so um, <laughs> um that's the end of the show guys make sure you guys go to prizepicks.com forward slash reverse sweep and use code reverse sweep for a first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars 
Also, make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel, and like I said, comment below any questions you have for the next episode. We'll see you all later.